two cousins came together to create a weekly podcast celebrating the excellence, intelligence, beauty, and strength of black women. What they created is the When We Think of Us podcast. We will catch up, check in, talk business, and connect with other like-minded women on topics ranging from finance to family. Aspiring to teach, learn, and heal ourselves and our communities as as women women empowered. What's up, my beautiful Black people? It's your girl, Shauna Kay. Hey, y'all. It's Jenny Marie, and welcome to When We Think of Us, a women-empowered podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Peace, y'all. What's up, Shauna Nothing much. I started my new role today. How did it go? Uh, I think it's too early to say. Like, there's still the newness, the information overload, all of that, um... This lady fussed us out from a-hole to appetite. I mean, she was not happy with her bill, and it was just a great um, preview of what to expect. Yeah, you know, starting a new job is always, it's like, you know, first day of school kind of in a new grade and trying to get your bearings, and it becomes very real, right? Like, Oh, yeah. And, you know, when you think about it, a lot of people financially are strapped, so they receive a bill in the mail for thousands of dollars uh, for health reasons. It's a lot to take in. So first person they get on the phone, they they're letting have it. And I was there for it. So when people are calling, this will be your new role. Like people are going to be yelling at you essentially now. I mean, as a portion, that's a portion of your role. A huge portion, I would say about 85%. So as a patient advocate, like, it's just that you have to hear the patient out regardless to what's going on. And I don't want to necessarily say side with them, but, you know, patient advocate, right? You have to advocate for them. Um, But, you know, there's things that protect us. We could have easily ended the call with the lady because of how she was going off. We just chose not to, like, Someone else was going to have to deal with it if we didn't. Mm. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm still excited nonetheless. Yeah. What's going on with you? Um, You made it back safely. That's good. Made it back from Denver. That was very nice. Going to Red Rocks and being in nature. That was lovely. It was most importantly wonderful to spend time with my grandparents and my cousins and just kind of get that that root work in so that was really really nice to be around family oh yeah one thing I noticed is that how um you the similarities in the cousins like just sitting back watching like um the different sense of humors, the different um, seriousnesses. It just, um, I don't know, it was, it was interesting to watch. Oh, was it similar or was it different? Both. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I got confused. It was both. No, no, don't be confused. So, like, the similarities in, um, you know, like, the sense of humor. So, some of you had a keen sense of humor. Some of you had more of um, a keen sense of seriousness. So just sitting back watching that, which is the differences, like sense of humor and, and seriousness, like it was just, it was interesting to watch. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I do still feel tired. Like, I just feel like there's a lot going on And one of the things that I've noticed about myself that I'm going to take the the next 45 days at least to really pay attention to is filling, like overfilling my cup with things to do. Yeah. And looking back at it, it's kind of something that I find myself doing whenever my mind is chaotic. Whenever I have a lot going on in my mind. 
And I tend to find these extracurricular activities as distractions. And these aren't extracurricular activities like going out shopping or doing anything like that, but it's just making myself things that make me feel purposeful. And um, I find my, I found myself that while they're all wonderful things that I have taken on, I don't know that they should have been taken on all at once. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's been a really interesting. So I'm actually looking forward to kind of getting through this month just because some of the things that I loaded up on are going to kind of slow down at least one big one, one class. And it'll allow me to focus on this class, this other class that I, this other course that I just signed up for. Mm -hmm. So things like that, I just feel like I'm stretched really thin. And then virtual learning for King, you know, we could quite possibly be looking at another year of virtual education. Wow. And for a five-year-old, it it just, something has to be done. So I was really, I was in the car today. And one of the things, another thing that I find myself doing is focusing too much on the problem, right? Like, you ever have an issue with focusing too much on the problem? Yeah. Or I'll say losing sight of the solution. That sounds a little bit more positive than focusing on the problem. But just thinking of all of the things that could possibly go wrong, not thinking, thinking of them so that I can be prepared, if you will. But getting doing that can kind of, I allow myself to get, caught up in all of those minute details, shoulda, coulda, wouldas, because they don't exactly exist. It's just like, oh, well, what if this happens? Then I'll need to do A, B, and C. And if this happens, I'll do D, E, and F. But those aren't even those haven't even happened. And instead, I made a decision today, like, I'm gonna focus on the solution. Right. Because that's where all of the answers are. When you focus on the solution, everything starts falling into alignment with a solution. And that's the approach that I have to take. It's imperative that I take it when it comes to life. I was about to say king and school, but it's everything. Work, work is stressful, feeling very kind of dead-end-ish. And it's like, well, where do I go from here? So... Focusing on the solution or focusing on what would make me feel really, really good. What would Mm. make me feel good? What would make me feel purposeful? How can I exercise my gifts and my talents and, and make myself feel like I'm being useful and beneficial to myself, my family, my community? Right. Now, would you want to capitalize on those things or right now the search is to find it what do you mean find the so the solution Find what makes you feel purposeful well I think that those things will come just by naturally changing perspective and focus on those day-to-day things right so once I start because f- focusing on a solution requires a lot more thought than focusing on a problem. Right. So just the 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 idea and the action of bringing my mind to be able to visualize a solution and be able, being able to visualize something that would make me happy, something that I know would make my my partner happy and and my child happy and all of those things, focusing on what that looks like. I believe will lead me to my purpose. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that's so for- funny. I, yeah, that's what that that's how I'm doing. <laughs> Got it. I look forward to hearing about the um to hearing about how everything happened now that you're you're going to be intentional about 
focusing on uh, the solution. So you said 45 days, right? 45 days. Okay. I haven't even done the math on that. And I have a date calculator that I'll whip out here and say what 45 days is. But yeah. And you know what I'm going to do? We talked about the true laundry detergent. Yes. And I'm going to, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, but I'm actually about to hit the button on your laundry detergent and fabric softener. Yeah. The, man, one, I, the thing that I waiting. held out on. I didn't want to, um, you know, when someone give you with something, I don't want to, didn't want to be like, Hey, you, um, you ordered that true yet, but it's like if someone tells you they're going to get you something and you really, really want it, you know, you got to throw a little hints out there. Like if I hit you, if I send you a text message, you'd be like, Oh, well, I'm ask you what you're doing. You're like, Oh, nothing. Just doing some laundry. That would, uh, that would, you know, you're, me you're just, you're not that person. I'm real. You, what? you are definitely say what you mean. You're not the the hint taker at all. Girl, you ain't never lie. <laughs> I can't stand when people try to drop hints. It's like, I don't know. Right. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I, I can see it now. I'm like, oh, just sitting here doing laundry. And then the next day, oh, just sitting here doing laundry. <laughs> Someone like you would be like, dang, you ain't do all your laundry yesterday. Like, it's just not, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, that's funny. June oh, 17th. Man. What date is that? Get at me. June 17th. That is, dang, I didn't even look. It's a Monday. All right. That works out just fine. Oh, girl, wait. Hold on a second. I don't know why I put minus 86 years. Hold on. It's a Thursday. It's still June 17th, but it's a Thursday. Okay. But I digress. Can I highlight a black business? Absolutely. Really quickly, because I just... The reason why is because I just put some on my lips. Pretty Mink Cosmetics. So... I've been seeing this young lady. She popped up in my thread or like on the explore page or something for me. And I just got her lip glosses in the mail. I did a couple of samples just to try them out, you know, because I'm 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 a bit of a lip gloss snob. Like if it doesn't glide on, I know immediately when I have a bad batch of lip gloss. Wow. You wear lip gloss? Yes. Only at night, though. Really? Mm-hmm. Not during the day? I talk too much during the day, and then it gets like that white uh, stuff. In the corners? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Can't do it. Ooh, girl. Yeah, no. Mask or not, can't do it. Mm-mm. Well... She's got these hydrating lip glosses. I mean, I've tried, I got four. All right. So I got, let me, let me tell you what I got really quickly. Um, One is a hydrate. Well, they're all hydrating lip glosses, but one has rose in it. It's like a rose hibiscus. It's got little rose petals in it. It's super cute. Um... They smell great, but I like how they glide on. I really like how they feel. They feel, it makes my lips feel dewy. Mm. So, I mean, this is day one, (laughs) but. (laughs) What? I'm sorry. It made. Dewy. Okay. Mm -hmm. I said it. No, very, very, very good analogy. I just, I've never heard it. Just like, they just feel like smooth and supple. And you know, sometimes you get some lip glosses and they feel like that at first, but then once they start drying, your lips go, start drying as well. Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't do this. This doesn't do that. It just... 
you know, naturally fades. But I like how it feels. I really, really do. So thank you. Pretty Mink Cosmetics website is prettyminkcos.com. Same for um, her Instagram page. Check her out. And is everything like else spelled regularly in that? Yep. Pretty, okay. pretty mink. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to have to check her out. If y'all check her out, let us know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. You hit us up when we think of us at gmail.com or Instagram at when we think of us. So Jennifer, I, I saw something very comical this morning in my opinion. So my niece um, on her Instagram story, um, she put the conversation that she was having with her mother, my sister. And so my sister was like, no, you need to take that post down or delete the last sentence because we moving forward. And my niece's response was, uh, no, and this is why you stay blocked. So, of course, I found that funny because you just sent me a very, very thought-provoking for me um, clip yesterday. And, um, you know, when I think about how at times we we may have endured it ourselves or seen or know someone who have, like, parental manipulation, right? Like, your parents, hey, they're your parents. They have this, this role in your life and pretty much can get you to... I don't want to say do what they want you to do, but they're quite persuasive, right? Um, And so I found it funny that after I watched the clip, I actually got to see it, not see the persuasiveness at hand, but like how even as adults and having your parents still try to tell you like, no, take that down. No, don't do that. Like, how do you feel about when when you're grown and your family, well, parents specifically, still try to, um, I don't want to say give advice, like just stone cold, tell you what to do. Mind you, you're, you're grown, doing well for yourself. You know, like you even have kids of your own. What do you, what do you feel about that? I, you know, my perspective has changed being now that I'm a parent. I wonder how much of it is subconscious you know, initially. And like, I wonder how much awareness there is whenever it comes to parental manipulation. You know, like, are we acting out in a way that we were taught by that which came from our parents? And that's how, you know, we, that's our teacher those are they are our teachers right those are the fir- only parents we know or the first parents we know mm-hmm. and i don't know i think that so with that particular clip you know focused on manipulation by way of mothers right especially when it comes to sons and at some point when they get older i don't know like that's what we were talking about Yesterday, where you, is that where that line gets crossed, where the the young man is stepping into like adulthood or becoming a, a, a teenager, 17, 18, still at home with the mother and lines get blurred? I, I just don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, Shauna Kay, to answer your question, because I I don't think I've been as aware of my own actions and my own tactics as much as I have now that I have a child. Right. And I don't know if I've said this before, but there are lots of times where I am talking to him or there's a point I'm at a I have a point of frustration where I know that that frustration is really towards myself. And sometimes when I'm speaking out loud, you know, that the message is really directed towards myself. Now, at the end of the day, 
he definitely can benefit from that message. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm still, it's still something that is intended for him. But as I speak it, I know that it's for me as well. That makes sense. Do you do you happen to have the the clip by chance? I would love to um, listen to it again. I sure do. So this was on Iyanla Van Zant's show. Um, what is Iyanla's show? Um, Iyanla Fix My Life, I believe. Fix My Life. Dang, why yeah. did I just space that out? Iyanla's Fix My Life. So. It's a young segment about black men and women who are traumatized by their their own mothers. And I left. I walked down the street, called my grandma, and who came to get me? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. So interesting that you never remember the things that you inflict on others, but you remember what they inflict on you. His memory, look at me, is that his mother chose a man over him. Mm-hmm. This is the mother that exposed him to abuse. Mm-hmm. This is the mother that left him off with his grandmother. This is the mother that did those things to him, who now thinks she has the right and the privilege to tell him how to deal with his sister. And your unhealed stuff about being abused, you got to get that handled. You can't keep imposing that on everybody. I have only known this young man 24 hours and there's no way in the world just reading his space that I know he's going to allow a man to abuse a woman in his presence. That's just a, a brief clip of it. But yeah, the gist is that this mother is a mother and son on the show and they were in conflict because the mother felt as though he was not a real man. And Iyanla at some at one point asked her, you know, do you did you give him an example or show him how to be the ideal man that you, you know, have in your mind? And the mother answered no. She said, Well, how is he supposed to be this person when he has no example? You haven't t- taught him or told him or anything. And so she also makes up uh she also brings up a point later on much later it's like a 6 minute clip but she brings up much later that you know sons are to leave the household you know leave from under their mothers to avoid emotional manipulation and um you know that really had me thinking because you know I don't know but <laughs> I don't know if y'all have ever met a man, but it's something for me that it's just like, wow, your mother did a number on you. It's like very easy to see. Shauna K, you think you ever met somebody where it's like a dude, a man, and I can't even, I don't (sighs) even know what, how to explain. I'm just going to jump on in. Not only have I met a man, but I've spent almost a decade with a man like that. Mm. And as of late, it turned out that I I just felt like I was being the the mother figure to him. You know, it, it started off great. You know, we were both aware of um, childhood traumas or just things that we fully hadn't dealt with. And, you know, in the beginning we agree like, Hey, you know, you got that. That's cool. This is what I have, you know, a fair exchange ain't robbery. So I thought we could play it off. Mm-mm. No, you know, I think there's something to be said about, you know, in, in my, my personal case of being a woman, the first man that I ever loved was also the first man I ever hated. I haven't fully dealt with that yet. Now, I'm not going to say that every man that come along will have to pay for it, but I do feel like until I fully forgive my father, I'm going to miss, I may, I'm not going to say I'm going to, but I may miss out on a lot of things because if I see certain things in a man that reminds me of my father, I don't want to talk about it. I know the end result and that's not fair, but I've seen it before. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I just think that parents need to be careful um, in what they do to their kids. I, I mean, because, man, the guy on the couch or Mr. Big, I've already forgotten the nickname that I've given him. Like there's there's really something there. And at first, um, and shame on me, at first I was like, oh, you know, that's not that bad. Maybe I can fix it. You know, maybe I can change the narrative. No, nah, you can. I can't change that. Mm-mm. That you know, like that. Still, waters run deep. Like that's some stuff that that caused that. You have to prune those things out. You know, because here I am, and I'm dealing with the fact that, um, you know, my father wasn't. He wasn't the best, but he wasn't the worst. I'm not going to do him that right. He wasn't the worst father. But there are some things that he bestowed upon me that I haven't dealt with yet. And, you know, when you take on a partner to have those same things, it with all those fences up, it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard because what my dad taught me and his walking out of my family was how to survive on my own two feet. Right. So I was a benefactor of that. But what his mom taught him in not providing and all of that stuff is to find someone who will. So in the end, Mm. I started giving more than I was getting. And, you know, he also, I'm the youngest woman he's ever dated. Every woman that he's ever dated has been about 10 years his senior. Wow. Because, I mean, I'm not going to say that he was purposely looking for a mother figure. I don't know if that was the story. But I was the youngest woman he's ever dated. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I pay for it. In the end, I pay for it. And, you know, one of the things that follows me occasionally is if I really don't tell the truth about the damage that my dad did to me when he walked out on the family, somebody's going to pay for that. Mm. It's not going to be me. I've learned how to deal with it. You know, I've I've learned how to live with the fact that this man ain't coming back. If he come back, how's he going to raise me? I'm grown. I'm probably doing better than him. You know, it's all these thoughts and things. And you know what? My dad, I have him blocked. My dad called me at least twice a week, every single week. It does not matter. Until I'm ready to talk to him, I will not talk to him. Plain and simple. Mm. And someone's going to have to pay for that. And my fear is that I might not be the only one. You know, I might meet the man of my dreams and not even know it because you said something that my daddy used to say. Mm. You you wear your gold tee like my daddy used to wear. Like, it's, man, it's, it's bad. It's so bad. what are some some major highlights or triggers that you've identified that are things within a relationship that are reminiscent of your father? So my dad had a, um, a great sense of humor, but he only brought it out when, at my young age, my dad only brought out his, his sense of humor after he had to give us a beating or after he, um, he had to punish us or something. It was like causing someone else pain brought him joy. So like, even with the guy I just ended it with, if he accidentally, um, I'm just going to say like a shoulder check or something. Right. And I call him out on it and he start laughing. I I don't know how to deal with that. I still don't know how to deal with that. Even though it was a, a complete accident, the fact that I told you you shoulder checked me, which could have caused pain, it may have even been painful, and you laughed about it, I'm not, I can't deal with you because mm. I only really remember my dad laughing after an ass whipping or mm. after being, um, after grounding us or something like that. Um, man, my dad is <laughs> funny now because he can't do anything to me, but my dad would wake us up like two and three o'clock in the morning. If just two or three dishes was in the sink, right? So now if I wake up in the morning and dishes are in my sink, like I just, I, it takes me to a place of, you know, just that, that hurt and unnecessary stuff. Like you wake people up out of their sleep 
and then try to blame it on the fact that you were in the military. No, you're you're just an asshole. Let's call a spade a spade. Um, but that going back to your question, I didn't mean to digress there, but yes, I I have met that man. Uh, once upon a time, I cared deeply for that man. Once upon a time, I was caring for that man. Um, but no more. So yes, I have. I have met that man. What about you? Oh, girl. Yes, many times over. It's like a karmic lesson. I'm convinced that there's this similar type of, well, there was in my past an energy that would just continue to find its way to me. And I find myself to be a very nurturing person in my relationships And I think that when you're dealing with that type of man, I guess, like a a baby boy or a man child or someone who, a man who doesn't know how to properly deal with his own emotions, I think that you run into, you know, they can, they can see it from a mile away. Mm. Um. You can smell it almost. And so you attract the type of men who want to be taken care of and, and, and actually are not capable of returning any type of emotional or nurturing support in return, just incapable of it because they don't know what that, what that looks like. And I think about that all the time because for me, I am the disciplinary and the nurturer when it comes to my child. And it really, I struggle with it. I really struggle with it because I'm constantly thinking, am I being too nurturing? Am I being too militant? Am I being too hard, too strict, not enough nurturing, too much nurturing? And and it has to be, it varies for each occasion and it's a lot. It's a lot because these are lessons, you know, these we learn lessons as we grow and evolve. We're soaking things in, we're soaking behaviors in and observing and paying very close attention. These babies are paying very close attention. And there's certain things that I see in my son and I'm just kind of like, I mean, there's also There's also, I also have to remind myself that yes, you know, yes, he is a combination of me and his father, but he is also his own person. And I do my best not to internalize everything that he does or try to determine who he got it from or where it came from, or is that something that I do or that type of thing? Because I was heavy. That's something that I'm I have to bring myself up out of now because it's just, it's so very interesting. If you don't mind, I want to ask you this. So having uh, met the particular male that that's, that we're discussing right now, how do you, how do you plan to make sure that your son doesn't turn out that way? That's just what I'm talking about. I, that goes back to the original thought of awareness and making sure that I am paying attention, not only to him, but paying attention to me when I'm angry or when I'm frustrated at something that he does, I have to stop and think and think about really, I have to check in with myself emotionally before I project. And I think Iyanla said something like that. Like you have got to get your issues with abuse mm-hmm. underway. That's what she was telling that, that woman. Like you got to get that under wraps because you are projecting that onto everyone. And so to avoid that from happening, I have to take, I have to, take a look and observe my experiences, especially since I have met that energy many times before. And I know what that energy is. I, you know, I can, I can, and perhaps 
Perhaps that is exactly why. Is that because I have a child, I have a son that I can help navigate, you know, have an understanding. Now, I'm not a man. I don't know what it's like to be a man. I'm not I'm not saying that, but I'm talking about recognizing certain energies. So King is now in this phase, if you will, where it's not really, I call it a tantrum phase, but he's not like spreading all over the floor uncontrollably. But what I find is that he gets very angry when, you know, he doesn't get something he wants or uh, if it's something like he's not able to do and he's really, really passionate about it or he's tired or cranky. He just, you know, he just cries uncontrollably and it's just out of nowhere. It's very, it can, it can sometimes be very random. Like, whoa, like it's from zero to a hundred. And he's done it a couple of times in the last, I don't know, month, but it's unusual, right? It's just kind of like, wow, you haven't really done this before, but it's, it's really like a, it's, I believe it's like an anger, And that also plays into this, the type of environment. He's an only child. He's in school virtually, you know, so it's really, really important for me to get him out and keep him active right now just so that he can get, it's a, I I feel like it's a buildup. It's a buildup of a lot of things. So like if, you know, his, his Spider-Man action figure is taken away and he wants to play with it or someone takes it and they're just joking with him. He could be laughing one minute. I think my mom had a a teddy bear or something. Her, uh, my mom and my grandma were playing and it was laughing. They were like, oh, we got your teddy bear. Ha ha ha. He was like, oh, give it here. Give it here. And then he just started, he bursted out into tears. Hmm. And everyone was like, are you crying? Like what, what happened now? Part of me is just like, wow, he is a really good actor and he knows exactly what to do to get that damn bear back because they did give it back and he stopped crying immediately. So it's really all of that to say is really just about having a real understanding, an awareness of myself and really just trying to pay attention to him emotionally. Like I try to get him to talk whenever he's feeling frustrated, you know, talk about it, but he's not, he's, he's very intelligent. And so if he does not want to talk, I think he told me something like that today. I was like, you're very quiet. He's like, yes. And I said, so why are you so quiet? He's like, well, when I don't have anything to talk about, I don't have anything to say. (laughs) I was like, Okay, you're right. Right. But let me get on the phone. Then he'll have a million words. He'll have a million words for me. Then he'll have all everything under the sun to talk about. But, yeah. So do you think or have you thought about, like, with the relationship he has with you, your mother, her mother, your sisters, um, and your female cousins, do you think that helps or that that will help shape and mold how he view women as he gets older. That's always my prayer that he 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 acknowledges and knows that he has a lot of women supporting him. And, um, but you got to be careful with that, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to really kind of navigate that, and there's got to be like that balance. And saying, okay, well, these women, you know, aren't around to give you what you want and cook for you and clean up after you. Because I have to, I am, I have frequently been reminding him, like, I am not your servant or your maid or, you know, mm-mm. he'll be handing me, like, throw his leg up, like, he, like to take his shoe off. It's just like, who do know? Right. No. Now, one thing I did um, hear last week that I thought was just amazing, especially with his age, one of his affirmations is that he's a protector. 
you know, so he's he's saying that at such an early age. And I'm definitely not the one to question if he knows what it means, because this kid, if he's I noticed that if he says anything, he knows full well what it means. But I think that was um, that was pretty amazing, especially at his age to know that he's a protector. Now, I didn't ask him what he was protecting. You know, it could have been that teddy bear that he cried to get back. Mm. It could have been it could have been um, his Superman action figure. But he he's already he's already taking accountability for the fact that he is a protector. So. Yeah. That day, um, him and my mom, my mom took him to the store and I told him before he left, I said, you got to look after grandma and make sure that you watch over her. And he was like, right. I won't let anyone mess with her. I was like, okay. Good looking yeah, out. So well, he, he got it. He definitely, one of his affirmations was, I am a protector. So uh, just an amazing kid. But mm, thank you. I that show. Um, one of the things that stood out to me was how um, I- Ilana. Am I saying that right? Ianla. Ianla. She referred to the mother as a provocative victim. If, if I if I'm quoting that correctly and she went on to say like hey you do all these things and you provoke people but then you run you run back and you play the victim in it and I know so many people like that too I mm. I know the minute she said that I thought of a, of at least three co-workers who will <laughs> who will get under your skin and then tuck their tail in between their legs and and take off but that has nothing to do with what we're talking about going back to the part where um to piggyback off what you said when she said in the culture the men would come and take the boy so that the mother couldn't manipulate them but she also said that we don't even have the culture anymore Mm. did you did you did that do anything to you when she said that uh, when she said that we don't have the culture anymore? Yes. Well, I honestly wasn't sure what culture she was referring to. Um, but my understanding of many cultures, that is it. So, you know, you could insert many cultures um, and that rule would apply. Right. The reason it oh. stood out. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The reason it stood out to me is because I'm blessed enough to have my grandparents, right? One of the things that I love seeing the most is when my brother and my cousins go to my grandparents' house. I don't care how they look when they get out of their vehicle. Their pants come up. They step inside the house. Their hats come off. Mm. I don't see them necessarily do that anywhere else except for amongst my grandparents and you know our grandparents know we cuss but you know we tend to watch our mouths we tend to do all of these things in the presence of our grandparents right um it was just something about how she said we don't we don't have that culture anymore now my perception of it was that she made it very clear she was speaking of the culture where the men would come and get the um the men, but even though she didn't specify, like, is it an Indian culture? Is it an African culture? She didn't quite specify that, but I just think that, oh man, it is worth praying for our boys indeed. Because again, I have, I've met that man. I still deal with that man. And one thing that I'm starting to notice is that even though I chose not to play the role anymore, be it the mother figure, the girlfriend, whatever I was viewed as, he's just going to find someone else to fill that role. Mm. Plain Mm. and simple. He's just going to find someone else to fill that role. And I can, you know, I can imagine because again, the first man I ever loved was the first man. And I don't want to say hate, 
I think I hate them, but I don't want to say that, right? So it's it's like there's still something there. Like I know that I could call my dad up and be like, hey, you know what? I I didn't really want to talk to you because of all the broken promises you made, because of all the stuff you did to my mom, because of all the stuff you did to um to my family. And actually, if I keep talking, I'm going to get healed. I want to put that out there. I hope y'all are, y'all are getting this. But mm. so the more like I can call my dad up right now and tell him all of these things. Right. But I want to make a a very honest statement because of what my dad did to me. I don't even talk to his mom. I hold her somewhat accountable for his actions and I can't explain it. I wow. can't explain it. You know, I, I saw how my mother made sure that my brother took care of his child. I watched how my aunt makes sure my cousins take care of their children. It's not an option. It's not an option at all. If you have a child, you're going to care for that child. Even if it's something as small as you going to pick that child up and you bring it back here. And as one whole family, we're going to watch this child. That's your responsibility. And I think that for me, that's hard because that's all I've seen all my life. You know, my oldest niece is 26, about to be 27. I'm not even 40. I practically grew up with my nieces. Mm -hmm. So the fact that my brother didn't have an option, whether or not he raised his child, I really struggle with why did my dad? And I'm pretty sure that if, if my siblings would be honest about it, and I don't want to talk about them, but where, where, why wasn't their dad held accountable to, to raise them? You know what I mean? So it's like you, you see and you have this certain expectation based on, or at least I did, based on how I was raised. I didn't get to see that. I was blessed to not be able to see that. It wasn't an option. You make the child, you take care of it. Um, yeah, I don't talk to his mom. I used to talk to uh, one of his brothers. I don't even talk to him anymore because I'm still trying to realize how is it that an entire family, no one thought to hold him accountable, not saying that he would have, but y'all didn't think like, hey, when was the last time you talked to your to your daughter? How old is your daughter? Like nothing? Yeah, I'm petty. I'm penalizing the whole damn family. Mm. All well, of them. Yeah. You know, when you hear about that, it just like I, I wanna like sh- highlight the the son in that clip because he kind of defied the odds, right? Yeah. From what from what I heard. We, you know, I'm sure there is definitely still some emotional trauma there. You know, perhaps he's not as confident or secure. Um, however, he seemed like a, a pretty upstanding man. And that's just it. You know, like there are a lot of us who are walking around and living very successful lives. However, there still remains a lot of unhealed issues, unhealed trauma, unaddressed trauma, you know, that will continue to play itself out for generations to come. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, and, and with that, you end up becoming, you end up having some things in common with the one person that you can't stand. Right. Because it's just being passed down. And that's why it's so important for me to identify that trauma, to really tap in, meditate, read, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do it all if it allows me to heal the trauma and have it stop at me so that when I'm raising my when I'm raising this young boy who will become a young man and a man who prayerfully has a family of his own, if not, that's okay too, but will be standing on his own two feet. That's the, that's the main agenda that whatever he does, it will be on his own too. He's not depending on anyone. 
He is emotionally secure. He is self-aware, all of those things so that, you know, whatever comes his way, he's able to really, he's also able to tap into himself and look Mm -hmm. to himself for the solution. Right. To his problems. Yeah, I I feel it. I mean, I don't know. It's just uh, to see that, to see that not only did he, he being the the young man, the son in the um, in the show, not only did he do well, but um, from the part that I saw, it sounded like he was protecting his sister also. Mm-hmm. So I I think that anything is is what you make it. Is mm-hmm. is really what you make it? Mm-hmm. I just I guess what makes it so emotional and what makes it so so impactful is that as parents we are shaping our children's reality whether it be by um example of our own lives or what we tell them what we teach them what we talk about what we talk about with them what we talk about with others all of that they are exposed to and that's their first insight to the world, to the way of the world, how you conduct yourself as an adult. And it's such an incredible responsibility to be a parent. I always say not everybody, not every woman is meant to be a mother. They're just not. Right. Matt, so we want to hear, we want to hear from y'all. Have you all met that, met that guy? And, you know, you just felt like, Eventually, you were ending up being um, a mother figure versus a helpmate, a spouse, a significant other, partner, whatever, um, whatever you name it. Have you have you met that person? We I would love to hear um, Jenny Marie. What about you? Well, you know, there are so many other things that came up in there because we talked, there was a discussion about choosing. The big thing was choosing a relationship over your child. Mm. And I really think about that a lot because it's, I think that women, we as women really seek companionship. And whenever there's, especially like having a child with someone that you don't have a good relationship with, I feel like that kind of sets the tone for like really, really kind of seeking companionship. And I'm speaking about that from a very small sample of the world, my experience. I have a couple of close friends. Um, There was definitely a time like when I first gave birth you know, my son and his father, we broke up probably nine months after he was born. And, you know, it was hard. So the first two years, I didn't do anything. And then I started feeling like I wanted some companionship. You know, I wanted some companionship. And while I didn't expose my child to that relationship as... um while I didn't expose my child to that relationship, you know, there were certain things that I found myself thinking about, like at what, especially when you get into a toxic relationship or you find yourself with a man who is emotionally void and is, and is pulling all of that energy from you. Mm. Right. And so it's just like, well, at what point do I, Create what point do I create a boundary? Like, how bad is it? How bad do I want companionship? What am I willing to, you know, do? Do I have to put up with something in order to just say that I'm with someone? To say that I have someone who calls me or texts me or you know tells me I'm cute or I'm pretty? You know what I mean? Um, just because I I miss that feeling is just it, it just got to be like nah, like this is this is. And back in the day, I'll say before having a child, those were the things that I would tolerate. I would, you know, tolerate emotionally unavailable men. 
and mm-hmm. say, yeah, it's cool. You know, I have enough for the both of us. That's kind of like what you were talking about. Like, it's cool. I'll overlook it. You know, I'm just going to keep pouring in love. I'm just going to keep pouring it in. And maybe eventually he'll see how much he's loved and how much he's supported. But it's just like, nah, that's never going to happen. Right. He's just going to take all of that and use it up to where you're just completely depleted. And that's what happened. That's what happened. And that's what was happening time and time again. And so when I started dating, after having a child, it was something that I recognized very, very early on. You know, we're talking in the past being in like long relationships, five years, five year, eight year relationships right. where that was the that was the cycle, you know, and it happened very early on. But it was just like I couldn't bring myself to accept it. As a reality. Yeah. But that changed. That changed um, after having a son, definitely. That changed very much. And it changed for me the first night I got to sleep in my bed alone. Mm. I I can't even put it into words. I I can't. It's it's just, and you know what, since May is... um, Mental Health Awareness Month, I want to say that if if we're not careful and really aren't self-aware, people will drain you. People will know that they have drained you and they will still stay out of their own selfish ambition. Mm. It took me uh, many months. I would say it took me about nine months mentally to wrap my head around an exit strategy. And all it took was one night for me to be alone in my bed, unbothered, untouched, un anything at perfect peace to know there is no way in hell I'll go back. No way. Now, it's, it's not my desire by any means to die alone or die as someone's special friend, but the way I feel right now, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, it's, you know, as, as a people, we could be toxic, you know, some more so than other, but we can just, we can be toxic. We, we really can. And, you know, my prayer is for anyone that encounters my presence to not tolerate any unclean thing I do. Like if if I'm causing anyone any type of interference in their peace, they, man, just, just cut me loose. I won't ask no questions. I won't. Like that whole closure thing, mm-mm. if you cut me loose, I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand. You know, we can just be, be toxic as a people. That's why. Um, I made a reference of May being Mental Health Awareness Month. Like, it is perfectly fine to see a therapist. I don't understand why, and it's not for me to understand, but why there's such a stigma about it. It's okay that you're not okay. It's just not okay to, you know, stay there. Um, Man, because a therapist sure enough saved my life when I was dealing with kids. I'll never forget her. I'll, I will never forget Miss Demetria. And I'm talking about, um, it's more metaphorically speaking, but definitely saved my life because um, I think I shared this with you, how I would have dreams and I would fight in my sleep and I would mm-hmm. be running in my sleep trying to get the codes and I would be cutting kids down where they didn't um, try to harm themselves like for months. That was my sleep mm-hmm. pattern. And she had to undo all that trauma. She had to undo every bit of it, every last bit of it. So um, definitely, I encourage y'all take care of yourselves and especially your mental. Don't neglect that part. Yes, definitely not the mental. Definitely not. But you know what? We want to hear from y'all about what types of things do you want to hear about? Like, Do you think it would be good to hear about, you know, we talked about self-awareness. I know we talk a lot about self-awareness and self-empowerment, but 
for those of you, uh, would you be interested in learning about self and self-awareness tools, certain techniques? We want to hear from you about the types of things that you want to hear about, the types of things you want to talk about. Um, when we think of us at gmail.com, hit us up on Instagram at when we think of us. Um, what else, Shauna? Um, podcast. We're on Apple. We are on Spotify. Um, Amazon. Amazon. Google. We now Google, welcome Google. Um, iHeartRadio. SoundCloud. Yes. Like, um, comment, share. We would appreciate it. Subscribe. Well, it has been a pleasure. And until next time, y'all, peace, love, and light. Bless up.